Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. We're going to have an opportunity to continue in a brand new series that we began. Uh, those of you that have joined life groups and they are sermon-based, that you'll get a chance to follow along and uh, be involved in some of the dialogue and, and the truth and the understanding that will take it more from just uh, this uh, 60 minutes or so that you'll be able to process this week with your groups as well. So we're excited for those of you that took the initiative to jump into a group as well as any of the other groups that are, are available. They might, might not be uh, on our sermon-based series, but you are committing yourself to learning as well. So we're really glad that you took that moment. We've mentioned to you before that if you jump on the Real Life app, um, that there is a bar at the bottom that says sermon notes. In fact, I'm going to pull mine up just right now so some of you can jump on at the very bottom. Uh, and all of the notes that, uh, that we're going to share this morning are live right now. This is a great tool that you can take to your life group as well. So again, maybe if your life group is later in the week and with a a lot of life that's taking place, you might kind of forget a little bit about everything that we talked about. Well, it's going to be right there. In fact, some of the questions, discussion things that we have are all listed right there um, in the sermon notes aspect of, uh, of the app. So make sure that you take advantage of that or join with me today. We're going to put some of that on the screen. But how many are ready to do some learning this morning? Can you say yes? All right, so let's jump in. We started this brand new series. In fact, we entitled it Limitless, um, and uh, we're helping to understand what it is, the, the, the truth that God has for you and I to live a powerful, victorious, believer-filled life in this 21st century. When we think about limits, here's what we understand, that most of us would truly understand the benefits that come to our life by way of limits. You see, in most cases, they're usually there to protect us and to provide for us. We mentioned last week, I'm going to review a little bit because some of you might be new. We're just getting started into this series. So let me review just a little bit. That, but when we drive down the highway, we recognize that there are speed limits. We know that they are there to protect us and to provide for us. However, we recognize a lot of times that when we're younger, we're not necessarily the best with limits. In fact, a lot of times we like to push the boundaries. Anybody kind of find somebody sitting nearby you and go, yeah, you're talking right to them this morning, right? They, they always like to push the limits a little bit, which oftentimes doesn't really work out for us very well. But the bad news is, is that oftentimes the older that we get, there are certain fears, concerns, beliefs that start to wreak havoc on our future that begin to limit us from some of the big dreams that we had when we were younger. Sometimes it's people, sometimes it's words or situations or circumstances that put a spirit of limitation over our lives. And some of us that are a little older look back now decades later and we recognize that we are still living in the box that was created for us when we were young. Maybe by the words that somebody spoke over us or the situation or circumstance, the belief that, that, that we were led to, to believe about ourselves or our certain situation. And when we hear words of freedom and, and, and truth and, and, and our dreams, we recognize, well, that might be for, for somebody else, but it's not for me. And so I'm glad that you are here this morning or if you're with us online because this series is truly for you. 
we want to discover together that what is holding us back from truly living a limitless life. That, that if we recognize today that, that Jesus is our champion, that there is victory for the believer, then why should we be limited by any of the lies of the enemy or any words that have been spoken over us that keep us from understanding the true freedom and victory that Christ brings into our life? And so together, we're going to learn to limit less and then pursue the limitless life that God has made available to us through the power of Jesus Christ over our life. And last week, I mentioned to you a, a, an illustration that, that really is going to kind of be the theme bumper for what we're talking about. And so I'll just share it briefly one more time to give you an idea. There was a story that was told of a man who went to the circus and had an opportunity to go kind of behind the scenes to get kind of a behind the scenes tour of the big top. And there was a lot of activity, a lot of things that were, were happening to get ready for what was coming next. And there off to the side was this massive elephant just, just standing there with all of this activity going all around him. And this kind of uh, brought some intrigue to the, to the guest or to the visitor, wondering how could this large animal seem to stand there uh, so contained with all of this activity around him. And then he realized, he was told the story that from the time that this big, massive elephant now was just a small baby elephant, that, that he was chained and staked down to the ground. And, and with this big, heavy chain and collar around his front legs so that he had very limited movement. And over time, the bigger that he got, he realized that chain was not going to break until at some point he had to accept that this was his life. They removed the chain but just kept the collar around that front leg as a reminder that once you're chained, you're always chained. And even though he was the biggest of the biggest of all of that circle, he never moved because from the time that he was young, he realized that there's no chance, there's no opportunity for me. And when I think about that story in the light of, of us today, I wonder what limitless potential is still in this room today. Of what really breakthroughs could come out of those of you and I sitting here today, those of you watching online this morning, that yet, unfortunately, those hopes and those dreams are still staked to the ground. That collar that you still feel around you today, that you are believing that, unfortunately, this is your life. That those dreams, that those hopes, those things, those desires that you have, they might be for others, but, but they're not for you today. And I want to tell you this morning that God still has big dreams for you. That no matter what was spoken over you, no matter what belief system you might have come into this place with today, I want you to know that God wants to breathe a new wind, a new spirit into you. That there is a God of purpose who has come to speak to your heart today. That God has big plans for us. I wonder, what is the limitless potential of your marriage today? I mean, let's talk about some areas that I believe that God wants to provide some breakthrough today. Some of you, whether here today or those of you that are watching, again, might have this feeling like it's not good, but this is as good as it's going to get. But I wonder today, what is the limitless potential of your marriage if you would truly believe that God has big things in store for your home? What if you believe for your health today? 
That no matter what anybody else says, that there is a God who is a healer. Anybody today? That we realize that God has the limited, limited potential to radically change your life, to give you health and healing. What about starting a business? about starting a new career? What about going into ministry or starting a ministry? What about doing missions like you heard? About a Ron Jones who was just sitting where you were sitting 15 years ago, where again it would have been crazy to pick up his family. Who am I to be able to go to the Ukraine and to now invest into the lives of hundreds of young people that could radically change an entire country? You see, when you start to dream big dreams, you begin to realize that we serve a God who has limitless potential to do great things through those people who are willing to dream big dreams. See, I wonder what limited, unlimited potential is here, but we still feel staked or chained. Some of those things that, that have hindered us for all these years are keeping us from living, living the limited life. Listen, the sky is the limit. If you're a follower of Jesus today, can I tell you, the sky is the limit. There is nothing that God is not able to put inside of you that he doesn't have the power to help you accomplish. How many know there's nothing too great for God? Whatever it is today, you have got to break free from the chains that will help you to live a limitless life for the glory and for the gospel of Christ. You see, the truth is, is that there's always going to be something that's going to want to limit you. Fear is usually at the top of the list. These doubts and and oftentimes the words of, of the enemy that, that battle the, the seeds and the, the growth of dreams that, that God has planted in our heart. Sometimes it's memories or failures of our past that, that limit us or keep us from recognizing. It's because of this that happened so long ago that, that is never going to allow me to step in to the freedom and, and, and into an unlimited potential that God has for me. Sometimes it's words that, that, that are now like recorders that, that play into our memory, that keep us from being explosive in the things of God. Listen, we could name those and many others that have kept so many people from living a limitless life for the gospel. I told this story to our life group this past week, and I've probably told it a couple of times here. And unfortunately, Jocelyn tends to be the main focus of some of these stories. So, Joss, sorry about this one one more time. But we were just talking about this. Uh, uh, we talk about it a lot over the years. But when Jocelyn was probably about eight years old or so, we lived right outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania. And uh, we used to go to Hershey Park all the time. My son uh, had just uh, graduated high school and was now moving to college. And so I realized he was kind of my adventure buddy. Um, and I realized if, if he wasn't going to be around, I needed another adventure buddy. And unfortunately at the time, Jocelyn was not able to fill that role. And so we were at Hershey Park and there was this, uh, at that time, kind of an older roller coaster kind of strangely named, uh, but it was called the Super Duper Looper. I know, I didn't name it, okay? I can, only, I can only tell you what it was. At that time, it was really one of the first loop coasters kind of in America, but now was just kind of a relic for all the new and faster and exciting rides. And so I thought, listen, I need an adventure buddy when we go to these parks. And so I've got to get Jocelyn on this ride, and she was not having any part of it. 
Like, there is no way I'm going on that ride. Listen, this was not like Cedar Point's, you know, most furious, wildest ride. I mean, in, in comparison, still kind of scary for an eight-year-old, but in comparison, pretty tame and mild. And I was determined that she was going to get on that ride. But little did I know, she was determined not to get on that ride. And so we had a classic kind of father-daughter battle in the middle of the midway at Hershey Park. One of which I'm sure is probably videotaped by security. And if I look back now, would be hugely embarrassed to even tell you this story today. Because we had a royal rumble right in the middle of Hershey Park. And I lost my mind. And I became that dad. How many know? Right? Please, is there another that dad at some point? Please help me today. Right? You've done. Thank you, Josh. And I threatened her with everything I could think of, and you're going on that ride. And she is, I mean, she turned on the waterworks. Ladies, how many know how you can instantly, come on, ladies, tell me that some of you know how to turn that on really quick, right? And she's weeping and crying, and she's reaching out to strangers, you know, like, 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 you know, I don't even know this man, you know, like just like whatever she could come up with. So I was kind of somewhat dragging her, you know, encouraging her. We're getting into the line, getting into the maze, and she's resisting. While all of this time, there's literally four-year-olds and five-year-olds pushing by her, going, what's this girl's deal? When you move out of the way, I want to get on the roller coaster, right? And I'm like, Joss, like, are you kidding? You see, part of this is that knowing of, of my effort or my work is because from the very beginning of our relationship or marriage, my wife is no adventure when we go to these theme parks. And so I realized that finally we had kids and my son was like all into it. I'm like, great. But so Joss was like, I'm calling mom, right? Because mom was going to be her go-to. I'm like, you are not calling your mom. We are not, you are not going to get that help, right? So kind of under this kind of story, my wife would want to put the spirit of limitation on my daughter, right? That, that I was going to realize, how am I going to continue to ride if I don't have anybody to ride with? Now, Debbie, in her defense, is what teacups, right? You're okay with teacups, right? Other than that, everything else is off limits. So, in fact, um, in a little while later this year, we're going to be at a theme park, uh, and it's just going to be Jocelyn and I. We're going to get to the end of the story here, but Deb's not even showing up that day, right? Um, she has, I think, a seat at the pool. That's kind of her adventure. And so... Long story short, I was able to get her into the car, and off we went. And, and lightly so, for the first few seconds, I mean, she was crying, you know, panicked, out of her mind. And, and this little roller coaster kind of did its deal, and we pulled into the station. And I looked down at her, and I said, so how was it? She's like, can we do it again? And I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. Right? It was kind of this fight of words. And, and obviously there are some fears and frustrations that we project to those that are around us. And this is just kind of a, a little family kind of, a, you know, illustration or idea. It's really no big deal in the light of our life. But yet it speaks to some of the things that have been spoken unto us that we have allowed fear to limit some of the adventures that we go through. As I said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be at at a pretty major theme park. And I want you to know that Jocelyn's going to be my seatmate in every one of those crazy wild rides that we are going to spend all day riding together. Why? Because we broke the spirit of fear and limitation a long time ago. Words or situations that could have blocked us. Listen, that's kind of an 
phenomena, just an experience in life. But I want to talk to you that we have an enemy that wants to keep you in our spirit life away from doing great exploits for the kingdom. And he will throw everything in your path to keep you away from experiencing the life that Jesus Christ came to provide for you. So listen, you've got to push through some of those fears. And we want to learn some lessons that are going to help us not to be limited but to step into the limitless life that God has for us today. I mentioned this to you last week. You see, when you know your why, you'll figure out the how. See, the biggest thing is just simply understanding that, that God has purpose for you, that, that, that you are the end. Listen, some of the songs that we sang this morning were just so appropriate for what we're talking about today. To recognize that, that we know that, that there is a, 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 an understanding about why we are here today. And when we step into our why, can I tell you that God is going to help you figure out the how. I mean, we heard the story again of, of Ron Jones. I mean, again, how do you take four or five kids and kind of living a comfortable life and say, we're going to pick all of that up and we're going to move halfway around the world. How is this going to work? How is this going to happen? But when God gives you your why and you start pursuing that with, with limitless boundaries, God will always provide the how. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. You see, the answer to yours and my belief is that what do we really, or maybe more importantly, who do we really believe in? Do we believe that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think? Listen, I'm not just trying to give you pie in the sky like there aren't challenges and there aren't ups and downs and there aren't mountains and valleys in all of this. But you see, when you know your why, none of that really matters. I mean, it might be concerning in the moment, but there is something that says, listen, God got me started in this. He was faithful then. Come on, church. He's going to be faithful now. Listen, I might not like today. My bank account might be running down to some double digits or real singular. I don't know how God is going to show up. I was talking to one of our missionary friends um, just this past Friday. I sit on the board with Dan Tab, our missionary in Ireland. Dan's been here numerous times over the years. And, and as his board of, of, of advisors, we were on a call on Friday, and Dan sent out a letter that said, you know, with COVID, I haven't been a, had a chance to get back to the States. Our, our, our monies are, uh, we, we, we normally need about $5,000 a month to come in. I've got less than $1,000 in the bank. He, he sent that message out to us on Monday. So I'm looking for your help. I'm looking for your expertise on Friday when we talk about this. I need help. We got on that call Friday with Dan, what, tell us what's the latest, what's happening. He said, you know, I, I, I was just obviously, I, God, God put us here 20 years ago. I'm still, I'm still believing God's faithful. And, and, and as I was kind of starting the week, I realized that I had a PayPal account. I didn't know PayPal was still a thing anymore, right? And, and because I live in Ireland, trying to do the verifications and all those kind of things, it won't recognize my phone number here in Ireland. It's just such a hassle, but... I got a little desperate and I realized that, that I, I've got to kind of untap every resource that I had. And so it took him all day working with some friends here in the States to, to get that PayPal account opened up. He hadn't looked at it for a considerable amount of time. In his PayPal account was over $4,000. 
so you wonder, is God ever going to show up? Can I tell you, God is always going to show up. Listen, there might not be $20,000 in that PayPal account, but there was enough for this month. Hello? There was enough for us to realize, God, you were faithful then. You're faithful now. I don't have a ton extra. I, I can't take it easy, but you see, Dan Tab knows his why. He knows why he's serving the little kids of Ballymun, Ireland. Tough people, hard people, poor people. Because he knows his purpose. And somehow God is going to help him with a how are we going to get this done. You see, as you think and as you believe in your heart, so are you. You can live with limitless potential because God is for you today, church. So let me give you a couple of things for us to learn today and then be a great opportunity for those of you in life group to, to just dig into this further this week. I want you to kind of write this down. I want you to see this. I want you to get it in your spirit. You were created for purpose. You were created for purpose. You see, we can live a limitless life because you are here on purpose. So before we look far and understanding what that looks like, let's, let's look near. Let's look close. Hear me today, friends. You are not an accident. Just going to let that soak in for a minute. You are not an accident. You were created for purpose. Your birth was not a mistake. You and your life are not a fluke. Listen, your parents may not have planned you, but God did. He birthed purpose into every single one of us. Why? Because God is a God of purpose. It's who he is. My mom was 38, and my dad was 40 years old when they had me. For all intents, I was a mistake. It was a whoops pregnancy for me. The last time my mom was in the maternity ward was 13 years prior. But I'm here because God wanted me here. And so are you. You're not a mistake. You're not a whoops. You're a child of purpose. God created you for purpose. You see, God knew that I was coming. God knows when I'm leaving. And God knows my today. And God knows my tomorrow. And he's doing the very same thing for every single one of you. Please understand to get what your belief system is today. Is that you were created for purpose. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 I read this in the message translation. It says, long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had you in mind. Can you let that soak in for just a minute? You see, words of our past would tell us that, that everybody else matters, but I don't matter. But I'm here to tell you, listen to me today, friends. You matter to God. You were created for purpose. Before he created the foundations of this earth, he had 
you in mind. And he had settled on you as the focus of his love so that you might be made whole and you might be made holy as well. You see, when we start to believe in our heart that God created me for purpose, it starts to formulate our why. And once we are determined on our why, God will figure out the how. But I have got to believe. Listen, I asked the question last week, do you believe that God has great purpose for your life? And I know that when I ask that question in church more times than not, everyone's going to go, yeah, yeah. But a follow-up question was, do you? Do you really believe that God has great purpose for your life? You know, we read in Scripture over and over that God spoke to an entire nation of Israel. He spoke to individuals with that same plan. All the time he was saying, listen, I got you. I'm going to work this out. The enemy is not going to stop you. And yet they struggled over and over and over again to believe. Listen, it happened for those in Scripture. i got to believe that it happens to you and I as well. That there are going to be some mountains, there are going to be some giants, there are going to be some walls, there are going to be things that are going to raise around us that although we can kind of whimper out, I believe, but the moment that we hit the wall, the moment we see the, the enemy in front of us, man, we just kind of turtle up and we recognize, man, maybe I don't believe like I did believe. But I want you to know in this series, we're going to break through those chains that have bound some unlimited dreams that God has in store for his people today. Listen, you can believe or not. It's your choice today. I choose to believe that I serve a God of miracles, a God of healing, a God of dreams, a God of breakthrough, a God that's going to envision for churches and ministry and things that were going to be beyond even my wildest dreams or imaginations. Why? Because we serve a God of purpose. Your beliefs are the operating system in your spirits. A definition, just we hear that operating system of a computer, says it's the most important software that runs on a computer. It manages the computer's memory and all of its programs. Well, I wonder what our memory does inside of us. I wonder what operating system we are choosing for us, that we are choosing to believe that God is for me, that God has purpose. Why? Because I have been created for purpose. Say that with me. I have been created, come on, for purpose. I have been created for purpose. The second thing is, is that when you recognize, you become convinced. You become convinced of your purpose. That once you choose to believe, once your operating system, that you can truly answer that I believe that God is for me, that I believe that God has great purpose for my life. When I believe, when I believe, when I believe that, I become convinced that God is going to use me for the kingdom, that God is going to use me to take the gospel. The definition of being convinced is to move, whether by argument or by evidence. I become convinced for either the reason of argument or evidence. I wonder what you and I choose to believe by today. I wonder how we choose to believe this morning. These steps to limitless living. You see, when I look through Scripture, here's one of the things that I perceive. The enemy is always arguing against you. The enemy is always 
arguing that you are illegitimate, that you are undeserving, that you are unlovable, that there is no hope, no plan for you. You don't have to raise your hands, but I know you've dealt with that argument in your spirit. That argument is always moving you backwards. It's always moving you away from doing the great things that God has created for you. Why? Because God created you for purpose. But we realize there's always an argument. Anybody have a mind? Anybody have a brain? You've dealt with that argument then, right? Some of those dreams that have been birthed in you, and then what happens right away? An argument by the enemy. Who do you think you are? Do you know what you've done? Do you know, who, who gives you the right to think? Hello, am I speaking to anybody today? The arguments, and which direction does the argument take you? Forward into your dream or backward away from your dream? Yeah. You see, his case against you, at least to you, seems pretty convincing. And I know that's true because You've brought it to me on numerous occasions. You've recognized some of the challenges rather than the breakthrough. You see, the enemy has put a chain around you and has convinced you that once chained, always chained. That it might be for somebody else, but for a lot of reasons, he's limiting this unlimited potential that God has for you. It's always an argument. There's always something to God and how he wants to use you in the church. He wants to use you in the spirit. But the first question we ask is, God, me? Yes, you. Yes, no matter what it is, no matter how big, how small, God has created you and I for purpose. And so when you believe that, when you start walking in that, listen, you've got nothing to fear. God is with you. Did Jericho walls not fall? Did Red Sea waters not part? Did Jericho waters, rivers not part to the left, to the right, so that they could walk through on dry grounds? Did a burning bush not burn, but yet not be consumed? Listen, there is nothing that God speaks to us by His Spirit that He does not have the ability to lead us and push us through. In John chapter 8, Jesus seemed to be in continual argument with Jewish leaders. They would not believe that he was the Son of God. And when you read the gospel story, constantly there was an objection to the teachings of Jesus by the religious leaders of Jerusalem that day. Jesus said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you did not believe that I am He. You will indeed die in your sins. Apart from me, Jesus said what? You can do nothing. Well, their comeback was, do you know who we are? We are the children of Abraham. We are the children of the father Abraham. We could trace our lineage all the way back to the, to the megastar of, of Israel's history. Do you know who you're talking about? Do you know everything that we have built? Do you know everything that, that is in operation because of us? Do you know who our Father is? Listen, you got to read John chapter 8. How many know Jesus is really good with comebacks? Do you know who our Father is, Father Abraham? Jesus said this, you belong to your father, the devil. 
ooh, bang, right? Jesus said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and a father of lies. You see, what I want to challenge you this morning is, are you willing to trust the argument or the evidence? You see, because what's stopping you and I from doing great exploits for the kingdom is that we buy into the argument of the enemy. That we're not worth it. That we're not worthy. That we're not good enough. That my mistakes those words, that spirit of limitation that has been placed over my life, that fear that exists inside of me. What if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does work? You see, you can argue with the enemy all day long and you'll realize that the victories and the breakthroughs are just passing you by. Here's something I want to challenge you with this morning. You see, I believe that God loves you so much that he'll take your faith away. How many did I get on that one? Right? You're like, whoa, Pastor Jim, you're starting to get a little unbiblical here. Isn't it all about faith? Isn't it like, what do you mean he's going to take my faith away? You see, when you are convinced, so let me just kind of speak this to you. When you are convinced when your mind is made up, when you believe in your spirit that so you are, how much faith does it really take to believe? In Mark chapter 16, here's what we read. When Jesus rose from the dead early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with Jesus, the disciples, his followers, those who were now weeping and mourning over Jesus' death, that Jesus is alive. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe her. Well, you, you need more? All right, well, let's keep reading. Mark chapter 16. So then afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two followers that were walking along through the country, and they returned this report to the disciples that they had seen Jesus, but they didn't believe these two guys either. Anybody seeing a pattern here this morning? Later, Jesus showed up in front of the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe. Those who had seen him after he had risen. How many remember this story or this collection of stories? You see, was it impossible seemingly in the moment to see everything that Jesus went through that he could truly come back from all of that. These were Jesus' closest followers, but they believed in the impossible was not possible. 
they believed the arguments that once chained, always chained. They believed in the argument that once you're dead, you're always dead. But how many believe that Jesus debunked that? Come on, church, be with me here this morning, right? You see, up until that moment, the disciples saw Jesus after the resurrection. They were unconvinced that they had any future. Even when eyewitnesses told them of this encounter, they still could not believe. But hear me today, church. When you have a personal encounter with the resurrected Christ, everything changes in your life. So I want to pose that question again. Do you really believe, do you really think that the disciples needed faith to go out and to do what God has called them to do? Man, I don't know. If I just saw Jesus come back from the dead, I'm like, I'm good from now on, right? Do I really need to struggle with the argument of the enemy telling me, are you sure when I've seen Jesus face to face? Listen, you don't have to convince me anymore. Come on, somebody today. You don't have to question me. You don't have to argue with me anymore. I've seen Jesus. Thomas put his fingers into the nail prints, into his side. Listen, I'm never going to doubt again. I never have to struggle with my faith again to believe. Why? Because Jesus did what he said that he was going to do. And can I tell you that no matter what the Spirit of God puts inside of you today, there is still a resurrected Christ that is seated at the right hand throne of the Father. And if that doesn't do anything for you. I'm sorry about you, but I'm going to do what God has called me to do because God is a victor today. And God has put a spirit of champion inside of me. Listen, I don't have to doubt any longer. The enemy can argue all he wants. I believe in the resurrected Christ that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, I have become convinced. I, I have not been created for purpose, but I am convinced of my purpose. So it doesn't matter what story you have today. Can I tell you, Christ is still the victory over your story. I realize that some of it's terrible, it could be. Some of it could be a horrible story. But can I tell you today that Christ can be the healer, that Christ can be the glory and the finisher, the lifter of your head, the psalmist said. You see, if you'll become convinced of your purpose, that God will help you to do great exploits for the kingdom. I am convinced. But listen, not just for the disciples, it's for you and I. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says that God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. I want this to get into your spirit this morning. I want you to, I want you to hear these words for you this morning. That God decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. You see, you're not out there doing this thing on your own. God is shaping you after the image of Christ. See, that's why I can be convinced. I'm not lone rangering this thing. Christ is my model. Christ is my form, and, and God is wanting me to be shaped after his image. The sun stands first in the line of humanity that he restored, and we see the original and intended shape now of my life. Are, are you getting this? Listen, your life might have been a complete disaster. 
But in coming to Christ, if you can picture an anvil or you can pick a, a blacksmith that he takes this raw steel, this, this whatever of us, and takes the shape of Christ. It's the work of the Spirit that lovingly is hammering us into the image of Christ. You are not who you used to be. God is building in you what he's always wanted you to be. Be shaped after the image. That's why I am convinced that Christ has something for me. It has nothing to do with who I am. It has nothing to do with where I've been. It has everything to do with who Christ is and what his belief in me is all about. And me allowing him to shape me after his image. Come on, let's keep reading. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up. Everybody say evidence. Come on, say it. You see, this isn't just some pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. I'm not presenting to you an argument. I am giving you evidence of your created purpose by a God who loves you. God followed it up, gave you and I the evidence by calling us by his name. So what do you think? With God on our side, how can we You see, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, no matter how good or how bad, by sending his own son, is there anything else that he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? This is all pretext to Romans 8, 28 and 29. I know you know those verses. You might not have looked into these verses previous. But this is when Paul said, after everything that I've done, I was the murderer. I was the guy trying to kill Christianity. I was the guy that when Stephen was brought before these Jewish leaders, and we had the right and the authority to have them killed, to give the nod, to say, yes, kill him. If anybody would be left out, if anybody would be marred by the mistakes of my past, it would have been Paul. But he realizes God is still faithful to recognize how off I was in my past, but willing to keep shaping me into the image of Christ to where now we read in Romans 8, 28 and 29, for now I am convinced that nothing, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power, nor height, nor death, anything of all creation, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. There is nothing. You see, if you'll let him, God will even take your faith away. That you will not be convinced by argument, you will be convinced by evidence. Listen, I know that I am not perfect, but my desire and my belief is, is that I want Christ to be everything inside of me. That I want to believe today that God has purpose for my life. I want to believe that somebody else's life can be touched because of what Christ did in me. Today, I want to believe it's not about selfish and me, me, me. It's about me giving my life and what's inside of me so that more people can know how wonderful Jesus is. And I wonder if that's you today. I'm wondering if that's you today. I mean, when was the last time you were broken because you felt the presence of God so strongly in your life? 
You see, it's so quick to run from church and to run from the pastor when problems and, and we're faced with the arguments. And we huddle up or we yell and scream at God, but I wonder, do we really believe that God is desiring to choose to use me to bring more people into the kingdom? You can sit here and judge about what's right or what's wrong, but I wonder, are you really broken for what breaks the heart of God? And what are you choosing to do with that? You can ask the band to come and help me. Here's the last thing that I want to give you before we finish this morning. This belief that not only were you and I created for purpose, that there is a reason why you are on this earth. There's a reason why some of you are here today to hear this word today. The second step is that you have to be convinced no matter what mistakes, no matter what words, no matter what circumstances. Listen, I'm asking you not just to dream little wimpy dreams. I'm challenging you to dream big dreams for the kingdom. Listen, if you serve a big God, how many believe there's got to be big dreams out there? What am I doing? What am I not doing? You're either listening to the arguments of an enemy who wants to keep you throttled or you're going to believe the evidence that there is a resurrected Christ and nothing, nothing is too hard for him. That miracles abound when the resurrected Christ shows up. Listen, I'm not telling you that it's going to be easy. I mean, the disciples had Mary Magdalene walk in and say, Jesus is alive. Yeah, we're not going to believe that. Right, Two disciples who talked with Jesus throughout the whole countryside and came back and said, he's alive, he's alive. No, I don't think he is. But one day they had an encounter with the living Christ and everything changed. You see, there's a marked difference in the lives of the disciples pre-resurrection and post-resurrection. They didn't have to have the faith to believe anymore because they met Jesus face-to-face. Amen? You see, when you and I will have a face-to-face encounter with Christ, can I tell you, everything will change in your life. Some of you, maybe this morning, it's the first time, maybe you've never had a face-to-face encounter with Christ. And I want to pray with you this morning because that will set you on the course of everything changing in your life. For the rest of you maybe here today, that experience happened, but I wonder, is it still fresh? Have you bought into the argument of the enemy versus the evidence of a Christ who believes in you, a God who sent his son to die for you, to live a life that is beyond what you could either hope, dream, or imagine? I'm going to live my life on the evidence of a resurrected Christ. Can you say amen with me this morning? You see, what I want to give you today is that you and I, we have been commissioned to purpose. You see, God didn't save you to keep you average. God saved you to make you dangerous. Hello? God saved you to do great things for the kingdom. How many of you serve an average God? Good, no hands. You serve the God of the miraculous, amen? You serve the God of the breakthrough. You serve the God of the impossible. That's the shape, Romans chapter 8. That's what he's shaping us to become. Do you get that? 
Paul said, I get it now. Jesus is first. Jesus is everything. But he's taking my broken life, all the mistakes, all the failures, and he's getting out his tools, and he's shaping me after the image of the champion, after the image of the victor, after the image of the impossible. And so today I choose to live a limitless life, nothing to stop me. I'm not gonna argue, stop arguing with the enemy today and start believing in the evidence. Be convinced that if God is for me, I don't care who's against me. Hello? But we come back to the question, do you really believe? If you really believe that God is for you, then you're going to live a limitless life because nothing's going to stop me. You have been called and you have been commissioned. Jesus told his followers, therefore, go into all the world. Believe. You know, we sing a song around here that if God's not dead, then I'm not done. Yes? There's still purpose for me. Anybody dead here today? Huh? You sound like you might be a bit than normal. So if you and I aren't dead, then guess what? God's not done, yes? Are, are you just saying, well, okay, I'll, I'll just believe for this, or are you believing for this? For a little or much?